0: I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to Kingdom Work. Today we're in Mark chapters 2 and 3. Yesterday we read about John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus, his first disciples, casting out of evil spirits, and the loving character of our Heavenly Father. The fact that he's a compassionate God, he is willing and he does heal, and that he has authority over everything. Today, God, I ask that through your word, it allows us to see you and hear you clearly in our day-to-day interactions and seek you first in the struggles that we face, whether it's something seemingly minute or if it's something that's really significant. I ask that we would remember the authority that you have and the love that you have for us. You're a good God, and I pray that each day spent in your word would soften our hearts to look more like Jesus. I pray away any distractions from the enemy that is trying to keep us from spending intimate time with you, and I pray away any anxiety or fear holding us captive and that it would be replaced with your peace and freedom given in your loving presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Mark 2. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived, carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, "'My child, your sins are forgiven.'" But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, "'What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins.'" Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, "Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say that the para- to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk?" So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, "Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home." And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. Then Jesus went out to the lake shore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, said to him. Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests along with many tax Collectors and other reputable sinners. There were many people of his kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners." Once when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked, Why don't you your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them. But some day the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Besides, who would patch old clothing with a new cloth? For... The new path would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read in scriptures what David did when he and his companies were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days when Abathar was high priest, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that, and broke the law by eating sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the sabbath so the son of man is lord even over the sabbath mark 3 jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand since it was the sabbath jesus enemies watched him closely if he healed the man's hand they planned to accuse him of working on the sabbath jesus said to the man with the deformed hand come and stand in front of everyone then he turned to his critics and asked Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. He looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Then he said to the man, Hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. At once the Pharisees went away and met with supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. Jesus went out to the lake with his disciples, and a large crowd followed him. They came from all over Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, I me, I me, uh, from east of the Jordan River, and even from as far north as Tyre and Sidon. The news about his miracles had spread far and wide, and vast numbers of people came to see him. Jesus instructed his disciples to have a boat ready so the crowd would not crush him. He, he, he had healed many people that day, so all the sick people eagerly pushed forward to touch him. And whenever those possessed by evil spirits caught sight of him, the spirits would throw them into the ground in front of him, shrieking, You are the Son of God, but Jesus sternly commanded the spirits not to reveal who he was. Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him, and they came to him. Then he appointed the twelve of them and called him his apostles. They were to accompany him, and he would send them out to preach, giving them authority to cast out demons. These are the twelve he chose. Simon, who he named Peter, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, but Jesus nicknamed them sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew. Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the Zealot, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. One time Jesus entered a house, and the crowds began to gather again. Soon, he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. When his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. He's out of his mind, they said. But the teachers of religious law who had arrived from Jerusalem said he's possessed by Satan, the prince of demons. That's where he gets the power to cast out demons. Jesus called them over and responded with an illustration. How can Satan cast out Satan, he asked. A kingdom divided by civil war will collapse. Similarly, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is divided and fights against himself, how can he stand? He would never survive. Let me illustrate this further. Who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger, someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. I tell you the truth, all sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. This is a sin with eternal consequences. He told them this because they were saying, He's possessed by an evil spirit. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with them. There was a crowd sitting around Jesus, and someone said, Your mother and brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and said, Look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. So I just listened to a great sermon the other day by Pastor Rick Warren, Warren, sorry, titled God's Promises About Your Future. It's on YouTube. Highly recommend Chef's Kiss. And one of the points in that message he talks about is how God promises to give us a way out of temptation. He talks about how it's not a sin to be tempted. Even Jesus was tempted. But when we choose to act on the temptation is when it becomes sin. So anyways, he goes on to say, Just because I'm a Christian for 50 plus years doesn't mean I no longer get tempted. In fact, it means quite the opposite because the devil wants those who are on fire for Christ. He's going to try even harder for those who aren't already following him. This is where Mark verse 17 comes in. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. We don't have to act like we have it all together being Christians, like as if we never sin or as if we never get tempted to sin. That's never going to be the case. God knows better, and that is why we have salvation in Jesus. Um, Also, I just wanted to say I'm sorry. I do apologize for the mispronunciation in a lot of things in these. Like, I do prepare for these, um, and I read, obviously, before... um, publishing these episodes, but I I don't look up always how to pronounce things, and I definitely should start to do that. So, so sorry um, if it was a hard listen because of that, but Father, thank you for um, always providing us a way out of temptation, and thank you for providing us salvation through your perfect Son, Jesus. I ask that we continuously ask you to search our hearts and see if there is any offensive way in us so that we may be transformed to look more like Christ, so that your kingdom may be glorified. Thank you for seeing me, knowing me, and loving me still. In Jesus' name, amen.